Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma, and I'm so glad that you could join us for this episode with Abby Downey. She's here to talk about her new book, An Uncertain Road. Before we get to that, I'd like to welcome all new listeners to the show. I'm so glad that you found us. I hope you find a lot here that you like. If you wouldn't mind subscribing to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform, that way you won't miss out on any of the great guests and topics that we have coming up. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're in all those places. It's another great way to keep up with the show, find out who's coming up. We'll have some great discussions over there, so be sure to check that out. And also, everyone, if you wouldn't mind heading over to LizTolsma.com, right up at the top is a link to my Patreon. That way you can support the podcast. There are different levels of support that you can pick, and you will get early access, bonus material, depending on the level. You might even get entered into a monthly book drawing, so all that makes it very well worth your while. And I would so appreciate you taking a look at that and any support that you could give the podcast. All right. We have a first time to us author on. This is her third book that she's out with. But I am so pleased to welcome to the show today, Abby Downey, here to talk about her book, An Uncertain Road. Welcome to the show today, Abby. It's so good to have you with us. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Uh, We'll give the listeners a little behind-the-scenes peek at how technology works or doesn't work at times, but we tried this a couple of weeks ago, and it kept cutting me off. It cut us off after like a minute or two of recording, so we couldn't get it to work. Then the holidays happened, so... Abby is actually back with me. I've talked to her already, but we're just going to say a quick prayer that things work out this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into your book, An Uncertain Road, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I live in central Indiana and I have a husband and we've got two kids my son is 11 and my daughter is nine. And we live on a couple acres in the country in an old farmhouse. And we are fixing up the property. That's most of what we spend our time on. Other than that, I work at our church as a secretary and keep busy with all the kids' school and sports things. Yes, life can be busy when you have kids that age. And I have some really bad news for you it doesn't get better when they get to be teenagers. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> I, yes, I thought it would. I thought, oh, they'll be on their own. They can drive yes. themselves. No, no, no. It just gets worse. <laughs> but enjoy every minute of it. My daughter is moving to Washington, D.C. on Saturday. And so I'll have kids on either coast. So I would give anything to have all that busyness and have everybody at home again. So. Oh, yes. I'm trying to appreciate it, even though it, it goes so fast and we're so busy. <laughs> right, right. Well, the book is called An Uncertain Road. I love, love, love the premise for it. Just about everything about it. The cover is gorgeous. So tell us a little bit about An Uncertain Road. Well, An Uncertain Road takes place in the summer of 1905. 
and it mostly revolves around the real historic event of the Glidden Reliability Tour, which was a sort of a car race. It was a 10-day event, so it's more of a an endurance race. So the drivers would take their cars and it was kind of a social event. They would have a, a mechanic riding along with them. They would a lot of times have passengers who were going along for the ride and they would take this 10 day drive. This one is up the East coast, it started in New York and it went up through a couple States. And then they came back down and finished in New York after 10 days. And it was basically to inform the country about automobiles. They were pretty new at the time. And a lot of people were suspicious or not sure about them. So it was to inform people about them and to show also the importance of building the infrastructure for cars because roads were terrible at the time. So it was to kind of highlight the need to build up good infrastructure for automobiles. Wow, that's super interesting. So you use this Glidden Tour as the backdrop of your story. And then what? how does the story build from there? Well, the main characters are Flora, who is, she's come back to America after living in France for a few years. She was married over there. She had a not so great kind of short marriage over in France. And, but her husband had gotten her into auto racing because it's what he did. And so he trained her how to drive and she loved it and fell, just fell in love with racing. But then she returns to America for her brother's wedding and decides to stay there because there's not much for her in France. And when she returns, she learns that her brother's employer, who owns a sporting goods store in Philadelphia, is getting ready to start up a racing team. And their first event is going to be the Glidden Tour. And they eventually end up asking her to be their driver. And they also ask the sporting goods stores owners kind of adopted son that kind of took him in when his parents died. His name is Jensen Gable. And they ask him to be their mechanic, even though he used to be an auto mechanic, but after some tragedy in his life, he gave up racing and he is very against it, but they do end up convincing him to go along with the team and be Flora's ride along mechanic. That just sounds so good. Like I said, I love the premise because it's so unique. And listeners of the show who've been around for a little while know that I really especially love books that have a unique spin on a career for a character. And I may have read a book about car racing or something like in 1903, but it did not have a woman as the driver. So this is absolutely fascinating to me. How did you educate yourself about car racing and auto mechanics and everything that you needed to know to write this book? Well, I have been a fan of current car racing for a long time. So I know a pretty good amount of terminology and kind of what goes into it. Obviously, racing on a track now with modern cars is different than what they would have done in 1905 in an endurance race. But the same kind of principles apply as far as how to get your car to go fast, you know, the, the technicals of racing. As far as learning about the mechanics, I did have to do quite a bit of research into 
cars in 1905 because there was a great variety of things. There were combustion engines that ran on gasoline, but there were also a lot of steam cars and lots of different things that they were trying out to see what stuck. Lots of inventions and new technology that they were trying to develop at that time in automobiles. So I did have to do a lot of research into how that worked, but it helped that my husband is very talented at mechanics. He, his dad was an auto mechanic for years. And so I had lots of people I could go to and ask, ask all my silly questions about how it would work. <laughs> <laughs> That's always helpful when you have somebody living in the house with you who can answer your questions. That makes life a little bit easier. <laughs> yes. And not judge me when there's stupid questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's for sure. As I mentioned, I love the cover. It is drop dead gorgeous. If anybody sees it, listeners, you can go to the show notes and there will be a picture of it there. Wow. So tell us how that cover came to be. Well, I am just, I'm so, so pleased with the work that my publisher did on that. Uh, Wild Heart Books, the team put that together and they just did an amazing job. But the inspiration for that cover, I, you know, I sent them some pictures of my hero and heroine and just some thoughts on what could be some important scenes in the book. And I had sent them some pictures of Flora's car that she would have driven and of the hotel that's in the background, if you look at the cover, there's a hotel in the background. That's the middle stop in the race. And they stayed there. They took like a four-day break and stayed there at the Mount Washington Hotel, which is still in existence. It's still operating in New Hampshire. And it's been restored. It's, it looks absolutely beautiful. I've never been there, but I would love to go and visit it. But that's what's in the background. And then Flora's car is there. And they did such a good job getting those things looking very accurate and a good feel for the story. I feel like the cover fits kind of the vibe of the story. It's, there's a lot of trauma that, they, that Flora and Jensen have gone through. And there's some lightheartedness, but there's also a lot that they have to work through. And I feel like that cover with the blues and grays just really fits their story. Yeah, it's it's lovely. And it's always a good feeling when you get a good cover. Yes, for sure. So this is a question I ask a lot of my first time guests. What was it that got you started writing books, writing novels? Well, I've always been a reader. I've loved Christian romance since I was very young. And I did a lot of technical and business writing in college and in my first few jobs out of out of school. I did not think I was creative enough to write fiction. I just didn't think I could come up with enough creative twists and turns to write a compelling story. But when my children were little, you know, you've got babies in the house and I'm sort of a creative person. But when there's little ones around, it's really hard to like pull out crafts and work on projects and do things like that. And I really just wanted some kind of a creative outlet. And the idea of trying to write something fiction just came into my head. I'd always thought about it, but like I said, I didn't think I could do it. So I thought, well, maybe I'd just give this a try. And around the same time, Love Inspired Historical was having a contest to find some new historical authors when they had that line. And I thought it was worth a try. 
it started small with like you submitted like a blurb and a, maybe a first page or something. And I thought I can do that. I can come up with enough for that. And I ended up progressing through that contest and getting to the end. And they offered me a contract on my first book, which was crazy. And that's basically how it happened. It was never a big uh, a thing that I thought I would always do. So it kind of came out of the blue, but boy, I do appreciate it and I love it. Well, and we love that you are writing and to get a contract with Love Inspired, first thing right off the bat is pretty amazing in itself and speaks to your talent. That is for sure. Thank you. (laughs) Now, in addition to writing novels, you also do some flash fiction. Tell us what flash fiction is and tell us a little bit about what you write. Oh, sure. Flash fiction. I just, I love flash fiction. I get so excited about it. Flash fiction is very, very short. For most purposes, it's under 1500 or under a thousand words. I work with Spark Flash Fiction, which is a digital magazine. And our stories are all under a thousand words. And everybody gets so, (laughs) so worried about it. Like, oh, I can't write anything that short. It's basically just a, a part of a scene from a bigger story. It has to have a beginning, middle, and end, and it has to have conflict and tension and good characters and all that stuff. But it's basically just a a piece of a bigger story, and it's so much fun to write. I've had, let's see, Spark publishes romance stories. We have different themes for each of our issues. We put up four issues a year, and each one has a different theme, and as long as they all All of our stories have a a romance as the central part of it. But I've written, I I wrote, I think, three stories for them before I came on the staff. And now I've got the opportunity to occasionally write as a staff member. And they're just really fun. It's such a fun way to break out and try a new genre or a story idea that you've been wanting to attempt, but maybe you're not ready to make it a bigger story. I think one of my favorite ones I wrote was a like a reunion romance between an older couple who had separated. So they were in their forties or fifties, I think, and they had separated and they ended up getting back together at a costume ball. Their daughter threw on new year's Eve. And it was, it's just (laughs) such a fun way to try out something you wouldn't normally get to write. Yes. It is a lot of fun. I've edited for some authors who've written flash fiction I know one came to me in a panic. I've got to get this under a thousand words and I've cut everything <laughs> possibly can. So we got her, we got her comfortably under a thousand, but yeah, it is fun. It's fun to write and fun to read. That's for sure. Yeah. You mentioned that you're fixing up a 1900s farmhouse. I am assuming that means like an earlier 1900s farmhouse. In, it was built in the year 1900. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So how's that going? What all are you doing? Well, the house is not in too bad of shape. It was neglected for quite a few years, but a flipper came in and redid a lot of the worst of it. And we were just so happy that they managed to keep quite a bit of the character of the house. A lot of times you see them gut a house, an old house, and take out everything. But uh, they kept quite a bit of the character. So we don't have to do a ton to the house itself. It's It's got beautiful high ceilings. It's still got some of the wood floor and some of the wood trim. It's, it's great. So mostly on the house, we're just making it our own. The property, there's three acres and it was very neglected for all of that time. So we're cleaning up a lot of the property. It was a, it was a working farm 
from 1900 until the 1980s. And they had a huge barn and had cows, dairy cows. So this part of the property that we own was the cow pasture. And so originally it had absolutely no trees and now it has like several wooded areas and everything is just so overgrown. So we spent a lot of time outside trying to clean it up. That sounds like a lot of fun and it's great that you're bringing back that property. Always good to see. So this makes this your third novel then, correct? If I'm counting right? Yes, that's right. So we hope that you're going to keep on writing. Do you have anything coming up next? Yeah, I have two more books in sort of a series that are connected to this one that are coming out with Wild Heart Books. The next one will be released in November of this year, and it's a story about a female baseball umpire in 1907. It's set in Chicago, and which if anybody's a baseball fan, they know Chicago in 1907 was significant. The Cubs were really doing well. They won the World Series, and... It was just a fun time for baseball, and that's a really fun book. It's almost complete as far as the drafting and editing on my end, and I'll be sending it to my publisher soon. And then book three in that series will come out in July of 2025, and it's going to be about a woman who starts up an Explorers Club. I was inspired by the Explorers Club in New York that sends out expeditions all around the world. They financed like the expeditions to the North Pole and Antarctica and all over the place. And I was <laughs> I was a little horrified to learn that they didn't let women into that club until like 1983, which was after I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to write a story about what would a woman do if she wanted to be part of a group like this, but she wasn't allowed into that one. So that'll be a fun story. They all sound like fun stories. And we'll definitely be looking forward to those and getting to read those. If listeners would like to connect with you to keep in touch so they know about these upcoming books, how can they go about doing that? I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and you can also find my profiles on Amazon and Goodreads and BookBub. But the easiest place to just find all those links in one spot is on my website, which is abbydowney.com. That's A-B-B-E-Y-D-O-W-N-E-Y. All the links to everything are there, all the information about my book. That sounds fabulous. Do you have any last words for the listeners? Just thank you for reading. Authors couldn't do this without readers. I'm so appreciative of those who take time to include my characters in their busy schedules. It's just an honor to know that people enjoy these stories that we come up with just out of our heads. So thank you for reading and for appreciating us. Well, thank you for writing such fabulous stories as An Uncertain Road, and we really look forward to getting into it and enjoying it, and thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come and be with us today. Thank you, Liz. We appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed getting to know Abby and getting to hear more about her book, An Uncertain Road. Absolutely fantastic. So you're going to want to be sure to check that out. The cover is beautiful. The concept is fantastic. You have a great romance threaded in through there. So it's really well worth your while to read An Uncertain Road. If you'd like to find out more about Abby or about the book or get a link to the book or a link to Abby's website so that you can keep up with her, 
then head over to the show notes. Like I said, the picture of the cover will be there as well. And that's at LizTolsma.com. You'll find the podcast either on the front page or you can click on the podcast tab to see all the podcasts. Next week on the show, we have a returning guest, and this is Jill Eileen Smith. I always love having her on. She is such a lovely, gracious lady and a fantastic author, and she is going to be here to talk about her new book, The Ark and the Dove, and it's a fascinating look at Noah's Ark, what it was like to live on the Ark, and the women who were on the ark with Noah. So it centers around Noah's wife and Noah's daughters-in-law. And it covers quite a bit of time, but if anybody can handle a subject like that, it's Jill. So you want to be back here next week for my chat with her. Thank you so much for your loyal support of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spreading the word and letting other readers like you, other fiction lovers, historical fiction lovers know about it. It's fantastic. And thank you so much. I hope you have a great week and we will see you next time.